0: I know Jack gave the announcement inviting you to the open house, but I had to say it myself. Please take a chance to take an opportunity to come, if you will, uh, today from 12 till 2.30. That's when the eating happens anyway. Is that okay? So please come for that. Think for a moment, if you will, of an experience in your life, could be recent, could be farther and back, which you wondered if God could ever make any use of it. You know, usually it takes the form of a tragedy or disappointment. It may not always be. Maybe it's something else. But you just don't know where it's headed, so to speak. Why did that happen? Or is it the end? Can God really turn that around somehow? Now, while you're thinking on that for a moment, I'm going to give you a scenario that people all around us dream all the time. They're thinking this. If I win the lottery... Have you heard that said recently? People say, if I win the lottery, I'm going to, and some folks would say to me, preacher, I'm going to tithe on it. And I say to them, well, you can do a whole lot better than that if you want to. That would be fine, but that's okay. And they'll go ahead and dream for a moment. If I win the lottery, I will uh, pay off all of my bills. That's a good start, isn't it? Uh, I'm going to give some to some people, needs, areas, ministries, whatever it happens to be. I'm going to help probably my family. Uh, I may buy a new car, I may take a big trip, name all those things. And I wondered, in my mind, is it good? I mean, after all at that moment, I may very well have all the money I'll ever need all of my life, maybe even enough for my children and their lives. Doesn't that mean something great has happened? Isn't it good? Well, let's think for a moment. We're going to come back to that. The story today really is, is, is modern in some ways because it is about a dysfunctional family. And I said, Well, in our culture, that rings the bell for a lot of people because what you have is Joseph growing up as one of twelve sons. Now, His dad, Jacob, has two wives, two concubines. Oh, that's a problem, don't you know that? Four women with twelve sons. And what's worse than that, he has one who's his favorite, and everybody knows it. And her children are the favorite of the 12, so everybody knows that too. That's the makings for dysfunctional family. In fact, the story picks up where when Joseph is is gone, uh, the 10 the oldest children are out working and... Jacob sends Joseph to check on them. Now, why do you send the young favorite child to check on all them? I have no idea, but it does. He's wearing his bright, shiny, new, multicolored coat his dad has given to him, goes to see his brothers. They can hardly stand it. It says they hate him. That's pretty dysfunctional, isn't it? Got children who hate each other. Somewhere in that, moms, plural in this setting, and dad are not doing their job well. Something's going wrong. And you begin to wonder, can something good come out of this? Well, and then the, the uh, 10 brothers are thinking to themselves, you know, I'm tired of that little snoot, that snotty Eddie, everybody treated so good. Let's get rid of him. Let's kill him right here now. And they think about it for a minute and one of them finally talks to me, no, let's don't do that. Let's just throw him in a well here and we'll figure out what to do next. And of course, as the story comes along, there's a traitor going to Egypt. They sell him into slavery thinking the last we ever see of him. And we can make up our story to dad as to what happened. Just keep our story together so dad will believe us, okay? Never see him again. Well, the story here, It's not just of them seeing him again, but now what has happened is that Jacob has died. They are convinced that Joseph has been kind to them just because he doesn't want to disturb dad. He wants dad to think good of him. He wants things to be nice around dad. And when dad is gone, they are afraid of what's going to happen next. That's the setting. Now, out of that setting, you begin to ask, what can God do? With this circumstance. Jacob's life at that young age. Sold into slavery. Doesn't escalate quickly into something good. It spends a time in slavery. A time in prison. A time when he now has the gift of interpreting dreams. And then he's useful to Pharaoh and his, his household. And then his abilities grow with that. And the blessing God brings. And... Jacob's own, Joseph's own family comes down in the time of famine to receive from what Jacob, Joseph, has done. It's an amazing story because out of that little family secret, we find that God is doing a gracious miracle. He has taken a difficult time, time of jail, time of slavery, time of wondering, do I have a future of all? And God brings him out to make a difference. You might say of, of Joseph's life, it began this way with, woe is me. And then at the end, it's, wow, look at me. Look at what God is able to do. You know, this concept is, is also in the New Testament. One scripture I want to show you is in Romans eight twenty eight, 28, which says, and we know that God causes everything to work together for good for those who love God and are called according to his purpose for them. Not saying everybody knows the purpose at the moment. Joseph had no idea what all God was going to do with him, but he believed God could and found out how God would. And the next, next scripture is one in our text today from Genesis 50 verse 20. You intended to harm me, Joseph said to his brothers, but God intended it all for good. He brought me to this position so I could save the lives of many People, I don't think you and I, I know I can't, give such dramatic illustrations of how life changed and so much greatness came out of it for one like Joseph. But can't we find that in the difficult moments, the uncertainties, that God does work through them also? We don't always know the answer up front. We may not see it in a few days or weeks or months. Sometimes we have to look much farther down the road. This past week around America we, we uh, remembered again the 9-11 um, experience from 2001 now 13th anniversary of it. I don't know what you heard about it or what you remembered about it. I find many stories would tell about uh, heroic figures of care and assistance in that tragedy. You hear about people now still paying forward the care and compassion showed to them. We know that our country began to search out those who brought that upon us and to find who they were and disable them from doing it again. It leaves open the question, what good can come of this? You know, those who died is a tragedy. We see in the setting lots of love and compassion being shown we saw for at least a period of time that America that seemed so fragmented in many ways began to come together as a nation. Were you in church this Sunday after 9-11? Was this church as full as Easter Sunday that day? Were you, were you at that full? It was where we were. People felt that need to be near God. They wanted to make sense of the moment. There was an amount of fear in that, but also, I believe, amount of hope. That God could use even this. And we're asking Him still, how? We don't have all the answers. It didn't say God planned for it, it didn't say God wanted it. It just said that God could use it. And God uses us. It is about forgiveness, it's about being able to look at stories and events in life to see whether they have a good in them. I'm going to share with you a, a story, a tale. Uh, The title of it is Maybe. You may have heard it before. This is one version of the story. There was an old farmer who was working his crops for many years. One day, his horse ran away. Upon hearing the news, his neighbor came to visit. Such bad luck, they said to this man sympathetically. Well, maybe, the farmer said. The next morning, the horse returned, bringing with it three other wild horses. How wonderful, the neighbor exclaimed to the farmer. Well, maybe, he replied. The following day, his son tried to ride one of the untamed horses, was thrown, and broke his leg. The neighbor again came to offer the farmer his condolences. Such bad luck, the neighbor said. Well, maybe, said the farmer. The day after the accident, military officials came to the village to draft young men into the army. Seeing that this man's leg was broken, they passed him by. The neighbor congratulated the farmer on how well things had turned out. What good fortune, he explained. Well, maybe, said the farmer. But you and I can see the immediate need or desire, but we do not know what yet is going to happen. In the passage of 1 Corinthians chapter 13, words often read at a wedding, uh, we say these words that we see as through a mirror dimly. Is to say, even in that hope of a marriage coming about, there is the unknown element. We only see in part, but we believe he can be good. We believe that God can take moments of tragedies, personal and collective, and he can use them for his good. Have a book in my library. One of my favorite reads in the past couple of years. It actually is a, a true story. The name of the book is Three Cups of Tea. It's about a man who went into Pakistan uh, around the time of this, just a little before 2001. Uh, he went in first to do some mountain climbing. He was injured, and the Sherpa community around him took him to their village and they nursed him back to health. The same man went to show some. Uh, Response of care and confection to them decided that the one thing he saw in their village they needed was a school. So, gathering resources, working hard to make that happen, he brought it uh, into being in that community a school. Fact is, he began to make that happen across that particular region. And at a time when Americans began to be disliked or hated, even, this one man could walk freely as an American. Because the love and care and compassion he learned to show. Out of a tragic moment in his own life, an uncertainty, but an opportunity. For he came a person who could help them. I heard a radio DJ this week, and it wasn't on a Christian broadcast station, by the way. He said, you know, just kind of a conversation he had going on. He says, you know, I was reading up the other day and found out that uh, a, that experts believe to have good mental health, you need to also practice forgiveness. I'm going to say, you know, just necessary if you're going to really be healthy mentally that you need to practice forgiveness. Then he went on to say this. I think the Christian church has something to say about that, doesn't it? just passed off. That was the only sentence I wanted to say. There's a lot more to that, man. There's a lot more to it. At least you learned that part. It has something to do with it. It is our opportunity. It's a way when God can begin to use us and he can find a way that takes a world that's often turned upside down and turns it right side up. He works that way. I have a short video, two minutes long, about a start to the cure of any dysfunctional family, whether it's as small as two people or as large as the human race itself is found in our ability to forgive. What can we do to help heal what's happened in our world today? I think in American culture, one of the areas of hope, we find young men and women who go around the world, different agencies, one of those I think of is the Peace Corps, where people go to help to be a part of a community for a while, to learn about them and teach them about us, dispel some of the myths that are there to show compassion. You know, it was hard for Joseph's brothers to believe he was telling them the truth. They thought, oh, yeah, yeah, I know what you're saying. Uh, You're saying that you're not going to take advantage of us. You're not going to to, uh, send us off into slavery or... Do things that are worse. And Joseph says, no, I'm going to care for you and for your children. For you and those who are very dearest to you, they are dear to me. Instead, he had to even go beyond that. He had to speak words of kindness. Maybe enough of the other kinds have been spoken around them. And words of kindness... Or words of healing. Sometimes we've received them, hadn't we? But sometimes we have to learn to speak them. We want healing to happen. The kind of giving, the kind of loving. You intended to harm me, Joseph said, but God intended it for good. Didn't say God wanted it to happen that way, but God used it in a way that many were rescued. Many did not die of starvation because God used Joseph. I just wonder what God has in store for us when we practice a life of forgiveness. Would you pray with me? Our Father, sometimes the people we need forgiveness from or to forgive are the ones who are closest to us, whom we see every day, perhaps living in the same household. Sometimes you're the people with whom we work, the friends who are around us, the community. Help us, Lord, to be that kind of forgiving people, that we may be healthy in mind and body and spirit. In Jesus we ask. Amen. Amen.